No. Oh, okay. Give me one second. Um, okay. Good evening. Today is November 15th, I think. Yes. And we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is The Doctor's Opinion. And our speaker tonight is Larry G. Thank you, Larry G. Thank you, Chanel. Yeah, my name's Larry G. And I am a recovered compulsive eater. And I'm so glad to be on this uh, this meeting this evening. Um, I'm not at my best right now. I injured my neck and shoulder lifting weights a week and a half ago. And um, it's really uncomfortable even sitting in this chair. But um, I'm going to do the very best I can. But I really am I'm appreciative of uh, getting out of isolation because I've been pretty much icing, heating, stretching, icing, heating, stretching for about a week and a half. And uh, I'm making marginal progress. Um, so bear with me. Uh, again, my name's Larry G. I'm a compulsive, a recovered compulsive eater. Been coming around OA since 1988. Um, and I used to say I was, a, I was a grateful compulsive eater. And I never really thought about why I would say that. You know, why, why would you say that? Why are you saying you're a grateful compulsive eater? What are you grateful about? And I can tell you clearly what I'm grateful about today. Um, you know, my relationship with a, a, a God better, greater, a higher power, greater myself has never been better. Um, I was, um, you know, I was circling the drain uh, on May 18th, 2000, 2020. And I was like skating on the edge of the ice and I skated too far and broke through the ice and I was drowning. I was dying and this cosmic hand came out of nowhere and uh, picked me, plucked me out of that water and gave me life. Um, and I've been there before. I, I'm a recovered alcoholic. Um, went to Alcox Mountains in 1981. I've been um, a recovered debtor since uh, uh, March of 1998. And now I can truly say that I'm a recovered compulsive eater and my, my, my birth date is May 18th, 2020. Um, I'm supposed to talk about the doctor's opinion, and uh, there's a lot of people in our fellowship that know historically the meaning behind a lot of things that were written in the big book and the time time period and so on. And I, I'm just going to share with you why the doctor's opinion, in my, for me, um, is the most important chapter in the big book, and why I believe if I am to to have a successful abstinence and have a meaningful and fulfilling life, I have to fully succumb. I have to fully surrender to the doctor's opinion. There's two propositions that I've got to surrender to. So the doctor's opinion to me is the beginning uh, of our, our our recovery. It's the beginning of my recovery. And uh, it's interesting. And I've been going, been going. Did somebody say something? No, I'm okay. Time out, now we spent 15 minutes. <laughs> um, it's interesting, I've been coming to OA since 1988. I went through several different types of, of food programs, but I always came back to OA. And there was even some meetings that we'd read from the big book. Uh, you know, we'd read until 15 minutes was up, and then we would we would then uh, share, and rarely anybody would ever comment on it. You know, the kind of meetings I went to prior to 2020 were what I call the get current meetings. You know, you would 
read something from some of the literature, uh, you have a speaker, and then you would get current. You would talk about your out-of-control teen, or you talk about your non-communicative spouse or partner or your micromanaged um, manager at work. And then you would wrap up, leave your recovery around that. And um, nothing was ever, we never really studied or really talked about the big book. Uh, but I came from AA, and I, I have a strong foundation in the big book. And if any of you are, are from Alcoholics Anonymous, you know that um, uh, AAs take the big book very seriously. Um, and so my my recovery, my 43 years of recovery, I have I have to give testimony to what I've learned and what I've practiced in the big book, and especially the doctor's opinion. So I come to OA, and um, you know we don't we're not really studying the big book. We're we're studying a lot of other literature. In fact, literature that maybe not even conference approved. There might be some meetings you go to. They may be re reading something that's not even conference approved. Um, and I loved it. And I'll tell you why I loved it is because I'm an addict. I am an alcoholic. I'm a food drunk. I'm a money drunk. I love vagueness. Okay. I love vagueness. Uh, my wife does not want to have black and white, clear uh, agreements, um, clear ideas, conceptions, um, a clear way through the steps. It loves vagueness. And I have found for me that um, a lot of the literature I studied in OA over the years uh, was very vague. There's you know, good literature. A lot of people in my community, solid sobriety, good sobriety, you know, uh, entirely absent. Um, studied the, the OA literature, probably never even picked a big book up. Good for them. But it wasn't working for me. And I had to, I had to like fall through that ice. I had to really literally fall through that ice and see life flash in front of me before I could get on my knees and truly surrender. And I surrendered uh, to two propositions in me, finally in the doctor's opinion. That's what we're talking about tonight is the doctor's opinion. Proposition number one, I knew. I knew this hands down. I, like I said, I've been in, in OA since 1988, went to several other iterations of, of, uh, of a uh, food program, but always came back. I knew that I had an allergy. I knew that. I knew there were certain foods that one was too many and thousands were not enough. Um, I knew what my alcoholic foods were. I, I didn't have to go to a nutritionist. I didn't have to go to uh, a weekend workshop to figure that out. I knew uh, precisely what those foods were. I never considered the proposition because we never really talked about it in my community that I had admiral thinking. Now, if you attend any AA meeting, you will hear people talking about their alcoholic thinking. They're, they'll talk about their uh, the stinking thinking, the alcoholic thinking. Uh, the meetings I was going to, we would talk about the food. And God bless these meetings. I have nothing, nothing, no access to grind. They got me to where I am right now. And the meeting I go, it's just another meeting. It's a registered meeting, and it's no better or worse than any other meeting. But it really works for me because it's uh, the meeting is basically modeled after the first 100 pioneers of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we study the big book. Now, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, yeah, if you would have introduced the big book uh, to these meetings to me and, and um, you know, in 1988 through the time I, uh, I got truly absent in, in May of 2020, and we studied the doctor's opinion and tore it down and 
had groups on it and did writing groups on it and took you know our sponsees and our sponsors took us through it. I, I don't I don't think I would have heard the message. I think I had to literally fall through the ice and, and be um you know checking out before I really was was able to hear. Um, so the two propositions today that I surrender to is one, I have an allergy, and the other, the other one is I have normal thinking. I do not think like a normal person around food. I'll, I'll give you an example. This is this is a this is a really um, uh, current example. I was I, I have a, I'm self-employed. I work uh, four days a week. I got this little business, self-employed, doing pretty well with it. Love what I'm doing. Um, and I fly down to meet one of my clients in Santa Barbara, right? Uh, so I had to go to Las Vegas first because uh, I didn't get a ticket uh, early enough. So we fly into Las Vegas, and we're in the air, and they're they're bringing um, some dirt, they're bringing some snacks around. And on this air flight, air flight, they had these little packaged brownies, right, and some nuts. And the guy next to me, he's in a business dude, he's a business businessman, he's flying to Las Vegas. And I'm flying to Las Vegas. I'm sitting next to him, and he uh, he's got he's got a newspaper. He puts the tray down, and he takes this uh, this brownie, right? And he he cuts it in half. He breaks it in half, and he puts he wraps the brownie up and puts it in his coat pocket, right? Puts it in his coat pocket, and he's he's nurturing this brownie, and it's driving me nuts, right? It's driving me fucking nuts, and I'm thinking, oh my god. Are you going to eat that brownie or not? Right, and I'm I'm wondering. I, I, it's just, it's killing me. It's like a it's like a child at Christmas that can't wait to open the presents. I'm wondering what is he going to do with that brownie? <laughs> it's in his pocket. What is he going to do with that brownie? And so I I said to him, I'm going to ask him. I said, sir, I, I noticed you had a brownie. You took half of it and wrapped it up, and you ate half and put the other half in your coat pocket. What are you going to do with that brownie? And this is what he said. I'm going to have this for dessert tonight. I'm going to have this for dessert tonight. I never. I, I don't think that way. I don't. Does anybody raise your hand if you think that way? Do you? Are you able to cut something in half and and put it in a doggy bag and bring it home and maybe have it the next day? Right? Man, you're a better compulsive eater than I am. Julia, she's, she's way back in her head, man. I, I I say that to you because that is that is clear evidence to me that there is something wrong with my thinking around food. I can never get enough. Um, you know, if you were to tell me, Larry, um, um, you're going to put you're, you're going to put um, Brussels sprouts on your on your alcoholic food list, great, <laughs> no problem, right? But when my my vision sponsor, when I uh, in May of 2020, she noticed I was eating a lot of watermelon, and I've been eating a lot of watermelon since I was four years old with my grandfather. My grandfather holding me by the finger, and I'm following him around his garden. He noticed I was eating a lot of watermelon. She said, "You know, Larry, you're eating a lot of watermelon." I said, "Yes, I am. I, I that's on my it's on my um my my absent foods." And she said, "But do you realize how much sugar is in watermelon?" And I said, not really. She said, um, not good defense. And then she said, she gave me the knockout punch. She said, you, can you guarantee me that, um, that you eat this amount of watermelon that you're not going to relapse today, tomorrow, next week? And um, 
this little voice inside me, which I believe was God speaking, said this. No, I can't. I cannot guarantee that. And do you know, since May of 2020, I have not eaten watermelon. Now, I've been eating watermelon since I was four years old. I love watermelon. I don't see letting go of I, I see letting go of it like I'm stepping to freedom. Um, so my thinking is what I what I really want to talk about the doctor's opinion. And there's a couple, you know, there's a there's this controversy in, in, in OA, right? That we, you know, what precedes the first, what precedes the first bite? What precedes the first relapse? Is our feelings? Hmm? I'm feeling grief. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling angry. Uh, is it my feelings that is preceding the first uh, the first bite, or is my thinking? Now, when I started, started the doctor's opinion, I have to tell you that first month May we we uh, got got the program May uh, 2018, 2020. We started working the steps that week, breaking down the doctor's opinion. I want to tell you. I'm not a crying guy, but I have to tell you, I was sobbing through the doctor's pain. Because maybe it was because I had made a total surrender the first time in AA, OA. I made the total surrender, an absolute surrender. Maybe it was because of that. But I realized, you know, I've been in this program for, man, since 1989, 88, for six years. And I never considered that my thinking is what, you know, gets me drunk, right? I never considered it. And so um, I'm, I'm going to read something out of the big book. Um, this is there's a lot of references to this that are, are it's our thinking that gets us it gets us loaded. Um, on page 35, the very the very top of the page, we shall describe some of the mental states that precede a relapse into drinking. For obviously, this is the crux of the problem. You can find. 67 references to the mind, only 17 to feelings. And I went through each of those uh, those um, sections that reference feelings, and not one of them uh, says that your feelings precede the first bite. Oh, my God, I had gotten it wrong. Uh, and the way I can prove this to you is that if feelings are is a problem for me, why not just go to the therapist? I've, I've been going to therapy for since 2000, since 19, 1989. Okay, I've had a therapist off and on since 1989. I think I know myself as well as anybody on this call tonight. Um, I've done a lot of processing work, valuable outside, right? Outside work, very valuable. Okay, so if Larry, if it's your feelings that precede the first drink, then why not just go see your therapist, right? That would, that would mean I would have to be on this call tonight. That would mean I would have to be doing the work I'm doing because it was my feelings that get me drunk. Well, I can go to see a therapist. I can go to a group. I can go to a, a four-day conference somewhere, and I can work on those feelings and uh, stay sober. But it's my thinking. I never considered that proposition in a way. I don't know why today. I don't know why today. I, I, I can't explain it to you. I know an AA... Um, the, the, the groups I go to, the real fundamental groups in AA, uh, they talk about the stinking thing. They talk about the alcoholic thinking. And um, the primary purpose is in AA is to talk about alcoholism. And it's, alcoholism is based on a medical model. And when we read the doctor's opinion, it is a medical model, and it sets the stage for the rest of the big book. Now, here's the other, the other uh, one I want to read to you. I think this proves this this little paragraph here. Five proves, minutes remaining. Okay. 
proves that we have a mental, uh, we have a brain disorder. It's on page 24, it's an italicis. It says, the fact is most alcoholics for reason yet of spirit have lost the power of choice and drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring in conscious, consciousness with sufficient force, the memory of suffering humiliation of an even week or a month ago. We are without defense against the first drink. How many times in the, in, in the program have you heard or you've talked about you got your, your frigator's broken? Doesn't that to you sound to, that sounds to me like a brain disorder? That sounds like maybe like something like dementia. That I can I could have these horrific, and I have to tell you, the way I ate was destructive. I remember one, one of my friends saying one time, the way you eat and drink later is like you want to commit suicide, like you want to destroy yourself. And that's the way I ate. And the hangovers the next day were, were awful, right? But you know what? 24 hours, maybe six hours, 24 hours, maybe a week later, I was back at it again. So today, um, you know, when I was asked to talk on the doctor's opinion, uh, what, I, what I've learned about the doctor's opinion is that it is the most fundamental uh, chapter in the big book. It is, it, it, you know, surrender is our most important ingredient. Without surrender, we've got nothing. I can do as many 10 steps, sponsor, give service. Without surrender, I have nothing. And what I have to surrender to? Well, to me, I surrender to the doctor's opinion. Um, this last week and a half, I've been home. Right, I've been icing, heating, stretching this machine, icing, heating, heat, right? Watching, I, I watched every single episode of Friends, and I was not a Friends fan. I've watched every single, I've cried, you know, the last episode where they broke up, right? I'm crying, and I'm saying, What, you know, Larry, you, you, you really need to be in this call tonight, Matthew. <laughs> You're losing it. But I really have been very uh, vigilant about my thinking, about wanting to order something from DoorDash, right? Uh, and you know what I'm talking about, trying to find that food that's uh, it's not a, it's not an alcoholic food, but it's close to it. So you don't have to tell the group that you're relapsed, right? Um, and I, I remember thinking that thought uh, earlier this week, and I, I have a whole binder here of new people's names, and I got on the phone and I started calling people. Because I'm, I'm today I'm vigilant about that thinking, how that vigilance will lead me to the drink and I to the uh, to the food and I tell you I don't have another one in me. I'm I just don't have no. If I can't make it in the fellowship I'm in, if I can't make it with the the resources I have, the support I have, and folks like you and these kind of meetings and a big book, you know I might as well go out there and just get loaded. I might as well just go and get a hotel room somewhere and buy a thousand dollars of booze and just just do it, just commit suicide by drinking. Um, yeah, so that's, you know, that's a little bit about me, a little bit of my thoughts on the doctor's opinion. Um, and I'm really looking forward to hearing from you. And I want to thank you very much for uh, uh, inviting me tonight. Um, I got showered for you. I got cleaned up. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking the best I can, right, uh, for what I've got. And I love you all. And I, I turn it back over to the moderator. <laughs> Thanks, Larry G. Appreciate that. Enjoyed your share. Um, let's see. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. 
If you would like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. I will call the raised hands in order and the Zoom host will ask you to unmute when it's your turn. With the timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. If the speaker has asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay. Um, awesome. Meredith B, go ahead and start. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you, Larry. Um, Meredith B, compulsive reader, recovered in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, this whole, this concept that you were talking about of the vagueness, I hadn't thought of that before, or maybe I just hadn't thought of it in those terms, but that makes so much sense to me. Um, it's the reason why I kept hanging around rooms for over a decade and not getting recovery. I always wanted a back door <laughs> in case, uh, you know, give me an excuse if I failed or something. I could always blame it on somebody else. So that's what vagueness is really good for. Um, and then what was the other thing? Oh, gosh, talking about thinking versus feelings. I was listening to a podcast this morning on um, it was an alcoholic telling her story and just time and time again, the justifications that she would go through. And I was thinking about my eating this last time before um, I made it back into the rooms and it was insane. I mean, it's just insane. And it's the thinking, it's the gymnastics that um, well, if I eat a bowl of this while I'm sitting, you know, like I'm standing on my head, you know, whatever, like just making up justifications for, um, the crazy eating I did. I, I think an outsider would looking in would go, wow, she's lost her mind. And listening to that, alcoholic um talking about the justifications in her mind it just really resonated with me I'm like you know the poor people in her life were just waiting for her to put the bottle down um they don't understand like we do that gosh you just you just can't you can't do it without uh a miracle um so thanks for your share. I really appreciated that. It was, it was good for me to reframe some things. I'll pass. All right. Thank you, Meredith. And Julie A.G., you're up next. Hi, everybody. I am Julie A.G., a compulsive overeater, recovered for this moment. And thank you, everybody, for your service. And Larry, that was an awesome share and had me laughing several times. So that's always cool when you can laugh at yourself. Um, I love the whole stinking thinking thing. You know, um, I can remember, you know, somebody would make me mad or whatever. And, you know, I'd be pissed off about something. And it would be like, well, I'll show them. And I'd sit there and eat myself to death, you know, <laughs> have an ice cream brownies. 
<laughs> you know, uh, just double helpings of everything. It didn't matter what it was. It could even be healthy food. I was still going to be a piglet, you know, and it's like, I'm showing them, you know, I'm good now, you know, and then all of a sudden I'd be like, oh my God, I'm not good, you know, and I would do this all the time. And it's just like, how dumb can you be, you know? And it is a mental thing. It's not, you know, the whole warm and fuzzy thing. You know, I mean, we all love to be warm and fuzzy, but it is a mind over this matter of all this great luscious food, you know? And I always feel like, wow, if I can just get past it, if I can just walk past without thinking about just you know, just diving in, you know, I was actually, I was at a place I go every Wednesday. It's called Waffle Wednesdays. And yes, they do serve waffles and there's always some nice homemade bread and fruits and all this other stuff, you know, and it was somebody's birthday today. And so she brought in her own cake and it was a German chocolate cake. And when I got there, it was, you know, kind of like half gone. So you could see all the inside Oh, my God. I did talk about that German chocolate cake for quite a while. Thank God I got food neutrality, but I was steadily talking about it. And one of the visions I got in my head was, oh, my God, let me just dive in the middle of this chocolate, you know, German chocolate cake, you know, and just swim in it, you know. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Julie, quit with all the crazy thoughts, you know. So, anyways... Thank you so much. And with that, I pass. And thank you, everybody, for your service. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. Um, thank you. Chanel T, you're up next. Let me collect myself. I'm still laughing. Hi, this is Chanel, <laughs> and I am a grateful compulsive eater living in recovery today by the grace of God. Larry, Amen. so appreciate you coming, even when you're in a lot of pain. And, well, I hear you on a few things, and one of them I'm doctor's opinion is my favorite chapter of the whole book. Um, it really is. I just, I can't do without that chapter. How can I think about wellness if I don't know my diagnosis, right? It gives me my diagnosis and I need that. And it tells me, no, I'm sick. I'm actually sick. And it's not really my fault. I'm just sick. And I need a solution that this program offers and I too loved the vague. Oh yeah. I wanted everything black and white when I was trying to control everything about everybody and everything else. But I wanted my stuff to be vague because then I can make excuses of why I couldn't put the food down and why I couldn't be in recovery. And I couldn't, you know, it was wonderful. Just this lovely vague thing. I was killing myself in the food slowly. But I had all these excuses. And you know. If I just lose this weight, everything will be perfect. Never mind the fact that every time I lost the weight, things were not perfect. My life still sucked in some ways because all those people and situations did not change. They needed to change so I could be happy, right? So it's amazing to me that being in recovery, I see it from such a different perspective. Everything. Everything is different. My old ideal, my old ideas had to be tossed out. And you know, they creep back in. So I have to do 10 steps all the time. So <laughs> I need a sponsor, is so why I have 11 step work. But it's amazing today. And I was really thinking about you with the 
uh, watermelon because that was something that was in that God gave me to put down when I first did sober eating worship. And, um, and I just wouldn't have thought of it. No, it's fruit, right? It should be fine. And it, it's, it's not a juice it should be fine. No, that was one of the things that, that God prompted me to put down. And I, I think of in your situation, you know, that's your grandpa, right? Like watermelon is your grandpa. It's a big memory. So putting that down was a huge deal, right? You still have the memories, whether you have the watermelon or not. You still have your grandpa in your in your heart. You don't have that food. You have the memories. So with that, I will pass. Thank you so much. All right, beautiful. Thank you. Um, Jack, you're up next. Hi, my name's Jacqueline and I am here for the first time. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. Um, I just wanted to come on here and I have been actually uh, romancing the thought of coming to one of these meetings. Um, I am in um, AA and so I have been AA for almost seven years now. And luckily and thankfully, and by the grace of God, I have not relapsed. Um, but I do feel that I need help in other areas of my life. And this is one of them that I am seeking help with. So that's why I came today. And I did want to thank um, the speaker, Larry, for his um, kind words and sharing. Um, I thought it was awesome that you were so courageous to let us hear a little bit about yourself. I appreciate that. And thank you for having me. All right. So glad you're here. Welcome. Uh, thank you. Clarissa Z, you're up next. Hi. Can you hear me? Nope. Maybe not. Um, we, we can, can hear, hear you. you. Okay. okay. So um, my question is for the speaker. You said stepping, letting go is about stepping into freedom. Can you expand on that? Wow, great question. Great question. Um, well, I'll just, I'll speak about the watermelon. Um, and yes, uh, I have nothing but uh, loving memories of my grandparents. Um, when, 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 when I was not, when, when I was not surrendered, I thought I was surrendered. I had, I had a physical vitality of somebody who looked like a recovered, but I wasn't. I just, I, I was using OA like a, like a diet plan. When I, when I wasn't surrendered and I was asked to look at maybe letting go of the food, um, it would be like, you're pulling away my best friend, right? You're, you're taking something from me, it's, it's a loss. Uh, I'm going to die if I don't have it, like muffins. That was, my sponsors were trying to work with me. It was, like, it was a gateway drug, right? And so um, it would lead me into all the other uh, nasty little flour and sugar uh, foods. So I, I, I would fight that with everything I had. I would fight with all my my will, will right, and um, end up continue to relapse after relapse. To me, letting go is uh, is a 
is a symptom of a surrendered mind. Um, when, when, when I surrender, I'm willing to let go of everything that I know, everything that I know, um, all my beliefs, everything, all the foods I have. I'm surrendering this pain that I'm feeling up to God, right? And so when my sponsor at the time said, you know, Larry, there's a lot of sugar and watermelon. And yes, I, I have been eating watermelon since I was four years old. And when she said, can you guarantee me that you're not going to relapse today, tomorrow, or the next week? Uh, it was like it was like there was a voice, you know, all of you know what I'm talking about, have been around. It was like a voice that that was speaking clearly and said, what I said was no, I no, I can I, I cannot guarantee you. And in that moment, I was releasing it, popularly releasing it, lovingly releasing it. And I think letting go, we step into our liberation freedom. That's to me what that what I meant by that. Thank you. Okay, great. Um, Julie D, you're up next. Hi, sorry, just jotting the last step down. Um, yeah, Julie D, compulsive overeater, bulimic. Um, so glad to be here. It's been a while. I love these meetings, and I'm glad that I've been able to attend today. And it's been a great one. Thank you, Larry. Thanks the whole team for making this happen all the time, and everyone participating in the shares, all of that. Um, yeah, I really just now I had something else to speak to, but I really appreciated your definition there of the letting it all go. Um, and yeah, the thing before that really resonated was, um, I think you said my forgetter is broken and like, that is so much so for me. And I'm starting to learn the ways of like jogging that forgetter, um, like the things that yeah, so I guess I've been in program just about a year, um, got through the steps once, I released 74 pounds and most of the obsession about the food, I'm working it again this time, working, like being honest about and addressing my bulimia and um, working with my sponsor and that step one, when it came around again, just are you really done? Are you really licked this time? You know, that sort of thing. And thinking like, well, you know, life is good right now. You know, I can get around well. I have a lot of energy. I'm feeling a lot more connected, all these sort of things. And, you know, starting that mind, like that voice creeping in. I'm like, Julie, maybe you're not one of those people, you know? And, um, whew, you know, and like, I've just really been focusing on remembering my stories, you know, and like surrounding myself and people that are telling their stories and like how bad it was that jogs the memory that is broken, that keeps wanting to disappear and convince me that I'm normal, you know, I'm not. And it's no fault of our own, like someone else said, um, you know, for me, that's meant like not just writing down things, but like, I'm grateful that I have the ability to like do high level sketching, you know, nothing like I'm going to sell it or anything, but you can tell what I'm drawing. <laughs> and so like, you know, like sketches of being there with my family and 
wishing they would just go away so I could go get my fix on the candy that's in the trunk. You know, like those sort of things that I got to remember that my forgetter keeps wanting me to forget so that I can live my life blitzed out and not connected to higher power. So, yeah, thank you for that, Larry. It really lightens that and helps me address that. So thank you. Pass. All right. Thank you, Julie. Um, we will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Uh, well, the Zoom